The following is a production of Dirty Mo Media. Son, what I'm going to say to you might strike you kind of odd. We have almost forgotten that we are in a great mortal combat. A cloud of dust, 30 feet of missing guardrail. The battle of the forces of good. Then a gas tank torn loose in the disabled car by the shock of collision. And the forces of evil. And ignites. With a twinkle in his eye, he looked at me and scratched his head, and this was his reply. Son, what I'm going to say to you might strike you kind of odd. But he's getting out. But this monstrous event is on the way. This is his hour. This monstrous event is on the way. These jalopy jockeys are in for a jarring jolting time, and they know it, and we know it. So hold on tight. Hey, everybody, it's Dale Jr. Welcome back to another episode of the Dale Jr. Download. The NASCAR season is over. Sad face. We all have sad faces on. Uh, but happy face. Chase Elliott's on the show, the champion. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Going to recap the year, talk about uh, what's going on in our lives. Let's get this show started now. So um, here in the studio, uh, everybody's here except Matthew. Matthew's not here. Matthew is not here. Mike's here. Schultz is here. Uh, Leah. Yeah, so where is Matthew? Matthew is out on a production right now. Can we say what production it is? I don't even know. I don't think we can. I don't think we can. Shh. Yeah. He's Do out not on, talk on a project. about the project. Right, the project. But I know he has a metal detector because <laughs> <laughs> he took mine um, that I've I probably used twice in my life. I bought the thing, I think, out of the back of a catalog that's in the back seat of an airplane, you know, when you're flying. Oh, like, uh, what is it called? Air Mall or something yeah. like that? Like, uh, where it has like the fish yeah. tank coffee table. Anybody ever bought anything out of one of those? I bought I, a, uh, I bought a crossbow out of one of those. I've never even known anybody that's bought something out of them. You yeah. Had, and that, there's two things right there. That yeah. was a big trip for you. Yep. I bought a, uh, <laughs> those are some good magazines. They always have everything, all the fun toys. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so um, I bought this metal detector a long time ago. Funny story about that metal detector. I bought it. I don't know how to use it. I don't know what it's telling me. Because apparently, you know, it tells you a little bit about the depth of where it thinks the object is and, and maybe what type of metal it is. And uh, you're supposed to take that information and pretty much be able to understand exactly what's down there without even having to dig it up. If you watch the YouTube videos of these guys that are that are metal detecting, uh, they're they're like... Oh, I know that that's a that's a bullet. <laughs> that's uh, a horseshoe right yeah, there. That's a horseshoe. I know, I know a horseshoe. Yep, I they'll horseshoe. dig it right up, and sure enough. So um, apparently, these metal detectors are good enough to tell you about what you're looking at without even digging it up. But not me. Uh, so I I used it a couple times. Did not find it very entertaining. <laughs> Put it back on the shelf. Right, it sits on the shelf. Uh, one day, I got fired up to use it. I don't know why. Probably you're watching a YouTube video or something. And uh, I got my buddy Sean, and me and Sean are walking around in my yard, right? 
And I'm thinking in my mind, man, I wonder what's in my yard. I, you know, I bought this property. I'm on this land, and 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 let's dig up some things and see if we see, you know, see find some history, mm. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we're walking around in my yard, and we found a couple things. We found like the band from an old, uh, from an uh, from a bucket, like a wooden bucket, the metal band. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. that would hold the kind of put it together. Uh, yes. Yep. We found a few little, you know, metal pieces and things, and and old farms type stuff mm-hmm. uh, and then we get a spike I'm like there's something right here get on down there and dig right he gets down there and man he move. he's moving his hand around on top of the grass and grabs something and it was a live power line oh god like a live uh, not a power line but a live wire what yeah like a pot like a hot electrical wire and he grabbed it and it it got a hold of him and he was like uh he jumped back right and was like ow right and jumps way up in the air and knowing sean knowing that that happened to sean brawley people listening don't know sean brawley but let's just just think about the people that will over not overreact but dramatize everything in their life everybody knows that one person Sean Brawley is that person yeah. for us. He, so yeah, it'll be it's a big deal no matter no matter what it is. The ignorance of what we did is is pretty heavy. So there used when I bought this piece of property, there was this little kid playhouse. The the family that lived in it before we had kids, and they had this little kid playhouse, and they had ran power to it. I took that playhouse and sent it down to the old western town and put a big uh, church facade on the front to make it a church. With a steeple and everything. Wow, I'm learning a lot about the church that's uh, down there at the town. Right. Now. Yeah, didn't know that. Well, we left that wire laying right there on the ground. Wow. And it was still hot. After all, I mean, years later, mm. we never pulled the fuse, flipped the breaker to turn it off or anything, and it's sitting there all these years laying in that grass for somebody to walk up and grab it. And boy, y'all and were the, y'all were the Sean lucky winners. And I laughed. <laughs> I laughed at Sean, so that I anticipate Matthew having a moment like that. That that um, <laughs> that that metal detector is cursed. Ma- Matthew in a metal detector, what could possibly go wrong? Right. Be careful, Matthew, for live wires out there. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, what kind of privileged life did those kids have to have electricity running to their playhouse? Yeah. I mean, am I, am I wrong? Right. What a nice life. Right. So, anyhow, that Matthew's not here. We went around and uh, around in circles to tell you that. So let's get started talking about this season. The season's over. We got a champion in Chase Elliott. The most popular driver has won the title. Uh, it's rare that that happens. Obviously, I never won the championship, so <laughs> I had that popular uh, driver thing locked up uh, for a long time, and uh, kind of kept the uh, champion from uh, you know. We don't want we don't want to spoil everybody. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to get them used to it. Come on, make them work for it. Last time that happened was 1988 when Bill Elliott was mm. the champion. His own dad was the last person to win uh, both of those awards, um, and you know. Kevin Harvick said a few things a couple years ago. Mike, you're still pissed off about that. Still pissed, yeah. Uh, but he said that um, that I'd stifled the growth of the sport because I was the most popular driver, yet I wasn't a champion, wasn't winning championships or successful enough. And uh, that if I had been more successful, the sport would have been better off. So here we are. 
we're living in that reality now where the most popular driver is the champion. Mm-hmm. Um, and while I think that Kevin's argument is true uh, in terms of when the most popular driver wins a championship, it's great for the sport. Yeah. Um, I don't think that I stifled the growth of it, but – That was a little harsh. He was he, Well, he was mad at me for something I'd said, so he, right. went, he went after me. Yeah. But um, – so what what is paramount? What's most important? The health of the sport. Nothing I, nothing against the other guys that were going for the title, but this is the best result that we could have hoped for if you're thinking, man, I really want the sport to be healthy. I want the sport to succeed. Um, this is the best outcome. I, if you were talking about the long-term plans of the sport and the health, just like you said, yeah, Chase Elliott winning, being that everybody assumes that he's going to be most popular for years to come. Yep, and he won his championship before Jimmy won his first. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Look at there. Yeah. What, what, what could be? What, what could, what could we be, be looking at? Yeah. What what, we lo- what a- so we could be. I'm thinking. You know, this is a guy that could win four or five. I, I dare say seven. I mean, I don't know that anybody can ever go. Man, this is a guy that can win seven. You know, we don't ever think anybody's ever going to do that again. Someone will. Mm. I don't know that you could predict that guy. He's going to need a lot of breaks to fall his way. Um, but he could win four. I, I would say four would be the you know the 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 number that I would feel comfortable throwing out there for for Chase, and that's a lot of championships. Yeah, not that we want to apply the pressure to you right now, Hoss. So you know, but uh, four championships is what we expect at least. Well, go ahead. He's certainly capable of that, uh, having won this first one so soon. You know, so that's a very popular uh, championship. And let's talk about the other guys. I thought that I had picked Logano to win the title. I thought that he had the mental toughness. I feel like that when you get down to that final race, uh, everybody brings their good stuff. Everybody's going to be fast. And they were looking. I mean, they're all four running in the top. They're all four claimed the top four positions throughout most of the whole race, right? Yeah. Nobody else was up there battling amongst them. It's amazing how that It happens. is amazing. Let's talk about that in a second. But uh, I thought Joey was going to win it. And once they get to that final race and they're all running together in the top four positions, I feel like the last straw or the last – a uh, bit of weakness that a driver might have is the mental side of it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And and can they can they when the, this is when the pressure is really on, uh, trying to you know when you get in the car you psych yourself out, do you psych yourself up? Uh, are you already beaten before the race begins? Uh, and we had never seen Chase in this situation, so we couldn't really evaluate him. Well, and, you know we've seen him in Xfinity series and and do you know, sure you know, yeah, but. This is a whole nother beast, right? Yeah. So he passed the test, obviously, by flying colors. Uh, but I, I couldn't evaluate Chase and, and understand exactly just how mentally tough he was to be able to handle the toughest, probably uh, most difficult thing uh, mentally that he had ever had to face in a race car. Well, I thought Joey had it. You know, Brad's going to stand in there and take the hits. Brad's going to put up a good account of himself, but I think I I personally feel like that Brad overanalyzes a lot of situations <laughs> and makes more problems for himself than than it, it makes things probably harder than they have to be. And uh but he also ran really good and could have easily won a championship. Had a few issues on pit road. Yeah, pit crews uh was his biggest uh yeah. downfall there. They had some issues there. And uh Denny Hamlin, you know, I think we I say we. I think I 
I was open to the idea that Denny was going to come in there and be the Denny that we'd seen all year. But he was the Denny that we've been seeing in the last couple of months. Mm. And it didn't materialize for him. They didn't have the speed in the car. He, you know, the, the balance, he talked about it. He said, you know, the balance might have been, might not have been perfect, but I just felt like we didn't have just the speed. We just didn't have the car to yeah. compete with them. And, uh, as a company, by the way, he right. was talking about Joe yeah, Gibbs he racing. To, yeah, he was thinking about like where his teammates ran versus him. It just none of it looked good, and that's uh, yeah, that's frustrating. That this is a sport where things ebb and flow, and teams, if you watch, man, te- teams move to the top, move, you know, then other teams come and claim that position, and and throughout the year you know you like oh this team's dominating they're gonna they're the favorites and then out of, you know they'll sink and someone rises and uh look back at the beginning of the year when the season started the the chevrolets had everybody surprised they brought this new car they were very fast they were almost winning every race chase Elliott, alex bowman all those guys were doing really good things having great years and then they sort of fell off the map right midway through the year it's like they put all the all, they put all their tricks on the table or on the shelf, or the rest of the series got better mm. than uh, you know the eleven, the four, Harvick. They go on a tear. They win a bunch of races. All this happened in the same season. You know, you forget it about feels it. Like, it. Feels like five seasons yeah. all crammed into one, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, Chase was really fast and almost won Darlington when we came back. Right. Then they kind of disappeared. But man. They figured it back out. Like when it comes time to show back up, and and when you're in elimination mode, and you can you gotta win. Uh, they pulled all the tricks off the shelf and put them back on the car. Right. I would love to see what Chase Elliott's odds were when the the playoffs started. You know, when you had you remember, know, the full gamut of it. Nobody really would probably pick Chase. Remember to win when that. we um remember when we had uh, Chad Knauss on here, and he was telling us how. You know, they had all this stuff scienced out and all these little pieces and they would use, you know, they would, they would use what, they would use one trick till NASCAR wrote a rule around it. And then they would have 10 more tricks on the shelf and they would put that next trick out there until NASCAR could write a rule around it. And then they're, they're like, well, we got this, we got eight more tricks, buddy. Yeah. You know, we can got them, we keep them coming. Blew my mind that he said that. Yeah. And some teams have that shelf full of tricks. And and well, this is worth a tenth. This is worth two tenths. This is going to help us in front down force. This is going to help us in rear down force. All the teams, mostly all the teams, have some of those things on the shelf. Some teams do not. Mm. You know, maybe by the end of the year, the Gibbs guys, their shelf was empty. They used all their tricks. <laughs> but it was almost as if, and and this is probably not true, but it's almost as if the nine team unintentionally or intentionally built a shelf full of tricks, hot tips, set up stuff, whatever you want to call it, throughout the first half of the year and said, you know what, let's put all that back. For the playoffs. Let's not get it taken away. Maybe after he won his first race for sure. When he was in the play, you know, when yeah. you lock yourself in, don't go empty the chamber right there. Yeah, I, it's such a hard thing to do. When you do get yourself sort of locked in to the playoffs and you know your fate – of going, mm-hmm. you know, you know your positive fate of going into the championship, you know, the playoffs to battle for the championship. Your team or your crew chief, or most most often, they do kind of dial it back, get a little more conservative, uh, less aggressive on uh, getting through tech and some of the some of the things that they 
you know, they kind of, some of the holes in the rule book, right? But anyhow, when it came time to, to go to the shelf for Chase Elliott at Martinsville and this past weekend at Phoenix. Right. They didn't even they pass. Had a, they threw all that stuff on the race car. Right. right? It sent him to the back, too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like one they, of those things. One did. of the one of them did. Yeah, the one they wanted NASCAR to see. I know that is another. <laughs> that's true. So I've always felt like that when when we would go to Daytona or Talladega, right? I mean, with Tony Junior and those guys, we had the body, for example, is just one part of it. Then you got the chassis and and things you do with the rear suspension, and uh, there's so many things that are just borderline, right? Mm. That if NASCAR really looked at, they might go, you know what? It ain't illegal, but we don't like it. <laughs> right. So that we're, ta- we're, we're going to take it from you, and you just put something normal in there. Um, whether it's a screw jack or bolt or uh, something with a trailing arm they don't like. Uh, but then, you know, they obviously look at the body, and it's out there for everyone to see. And they might go, you know what? That C post, grind on that, sand on that, or, or you know, so... What we would typically, what I always liked to do was to make something super glaring, like in your face, right. that I wanted, that I was okay with them taking away, uh, so that that would draw their attention away from anything else or other things on the car. Like right? a little blinking red light that says nitrous yeah. or something in it. So you're pushing the car <laughs> up for tech, right? And you're going into the body panels and all, or the body temps and all the templates and all that stuff. And you got this one thing and they're like, Oh man, no, we can't let you. We can't let you get you know, have this. You gotta. They're talking to you like work with us here. You know, kind of you can't have this. This is a this is obviously very aggressive. What you've done here to this splitter or this front fender or whatever. And we're like, oh man, come on, come on. You do the you go through the, the come motions, on. right? Yeah, you no, do the, you do I, the dance. That's crazy, man. You, you, and we start sanding on it, and you're like, man, I, I can't. I, I'm not. I can't go too far here. You're killing me. Right. And they're like, oh, nope, we don't like it. And you just keep hollering and hooting over this one little area, and they're never looking anywhere else on the car. <laughs> Some Jedi mind tricks going <laughs> yeah. on in the NASCAR tech line. And uh, you were willing to give that away or give it up or give it back to them from the get-go when you loaded the car in the trailer. Um, it's so fun, I think, what the uh, sort of chess match is amongst the engineers and the crew chiefs that it's all going on. And preparing the car, and lo- you know, and getting the car through tech, and then and and getting the car onto the starting grid with all the bells and whistles that they want. Um, there's a lot more to it than what you just you know when the driver fires it up and runs the laps and w- you know, wins the race. So your theory then is that you know being the fact that Chase won what three of the last five races is that what he? I mean he, he won obviously Martinsville and Phoenix. What he won, won Charlotte right that they. Held their good stuff, yeah, to the to the playoffs, and boy, and not did it that not it's pick. illegal. I'm not saying that right, right, right. No, we're not saying that anything, to, to, anything to qu- on their to car. Wise man, I'm not directly calling you a cheater. No. <laughs> this is another that, what I think. They're not even shelving some of that stuff. It ain't even NASCAR or the officials that they're worried about. Oh, really? It's the rest of the garage. Oh, right. Okay, right? I get it. I get it. When I would go into the um, competition meetings at Hendrick Motorsports. My favorite part of the meeting was at the end. This is post race, uh, you know, getting together on a Tuesday or something. My favorite part of the meeting was being able to see what, if any, pictures we had of the competition mm-hmm. as they pushed their cars through tech or 
their cars are going out on the racetrack. There's photographers everywhere taking pictures for everybody. And if we got a question or a concern about maybe something somebody's doing, a photographer may take extra pictures of that particular area of the car. And we, you know, can get these high-def pictures and go home and just look. You can stare at it all you want. Obviously, in, in, in real time, in reality, you can't walk up to the car in the garage, your competitor, and just look at it. Right. <laughs> you know, for 15 minutes. Certainly not cryptically, right? Right. Yeah. And so my favorite part of these meetings was when there might be some great photos to look at. And I don't know what I'm looking at, but I'm sitting there at that table with all those crew chiefs and engineers waiting on them to tell me what I'm looking at. <laughs> like, what do y'all see? What I just see a picture of a car. And so, you know, <laughs> what do y'all, what's so, and they're like, well, look at this. <laughs> they got the wrong color wheelbase. I mean, are y'all seeing what I'm seeing? You know? <laughs> yeah. It's a side skirt's not painted. That's what <laughs> And they're like, they're like, well, look, look at how they got this little trip lip right here. I'm like, holy smokes! I would have never noticed that. You guys, that's y'all. They're so smart, right? Yeah. And so, the garage is sort of like trying to, you know, smoke screen itself. And yeah, you're not really worried about NASCAR taking away something as much as you are just your your opponents figuring it out. And well, yeah. What happens when they figure it out, Mike? First is, I want to say this is, not only do they copy you they see oh that's cool i add that to my car now they take it home and they engineer it into something better yeah that was how um brad kozlowski in my opinion beat us in the championship in 2012 so uh we had tricked out our rear suspensions and had uh we had a uh rear sway bar on the back of the car that would that when the car would travel, it would twist the rear end housing into into skewing the car, right? So we could, you know, you remember how you see the cars run sideways? Oh yeah, like, down the like straightaway, a crab, crazy, yeah, right? Yeah. Well, NASCAR started doing a lot of things with rules under the cars to keep that from happening. We had, uh, you know, we had little bushings in the left side of the trailing arm that would move, but you had to have something to hold it in that position. So we fixed the rear tra- the rear sway bar wasn't working as it intended it was intended to work it was actually just a big pry bar that would pry the rear end back on the left side and hold it in position when the car would travel mm. right rolling through tech where it heights oh my god right yeah uh we got a clear heights in tech which is about four inches or whatever but when we go out on the track and we're running around the car settles down right and when it would travel those two three inches it would that rear sway bar would pry that rear end housing back on the left side and uh, or pry it forward i'm sorry it would pry it forward and skew the housing mm. and skew the car, and then now you, you're hauling tail, right? It was worth about two, three tenths. Which is huge, yeah. Huge. God almighty. You have them covered with that. Yeah, and uh, we really did really we, – we had a lot of speed that year with that, and Brad and his team went to work. They might not have seen exactly how we did it, but by after a handful of weeks, they had an idea – of what we were doing and went home and made it even better and then whooped our ass. Do you know what they did at no, this point? Not wow. a clue. Man. But I just know that they didn't have what we had. And when it came time to win a championship at the end of the year, they had taken that idea, that principle, and even made it even better. Mm. Um this is fascinating because it's it's no different than when a football team runs a trick play. Once you run it, it's on the game film. Yeah. Everybody in the world can now go watch, look at it. They can get better or they know how to defend it for sure. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Yeah. You're saying is that don't go show your trick plays because not because 
it's illegal, it may not be illegal, right? right? You can you can run that you know punter sweep all you want. You yeah. know, it's only going to work once. Yeah. Because then everybody else is going to be ready for it. To it. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, well, let's talk about um, the season in general. I, for one, have always been super, super hard on NASCAR, where we race, what the cars look like, what the rules are, what the schedule is, what times the race start. Yeah, how 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 uh, how much how, the track is aged? How and... bad the cell service is at the track? <laughs> I mean, yes. if it if yeah. it if it ain't working, if it's wrong, if it's not if it's not convenient, it's NASCAR's fault. That's really like I'm joking, but no, you're not. You, you, I you're, gave you're, a, you're actually yeah. being very honest. About super strict, yeah. right? Super hard on them. But um, and I'm not gonna. You know, Steve Phelps is a great guy, mm-hmm. good leader, mm-hmm. right? Um, I'm not gonna say, ah, the you know the I'm I don't want to put it I don't want to say you know well Steve Phelps got in charge and now look at things we're in great shape it's not that uh, I really I really got along well with a lot of the leaders that we've had in our industry over the years Steve Phelps was just the guy when all this went down he happened to be the guy in charge but he handled it really well when we were put in a tough position uh, with the with this pandemic. And everything got shut down. I mean, everybody remembers when when the teams were at Atlanta, all the trailers had just pulled into the racetrack, and they're getting phone calls to turn around and go home. We're not going to race. Right. It was crazy. Yeah. And not since 9-11 when they moved New Hampshire to the end of the season had anything really felt like this. Like, man, we're not going to race. Wow. I mean, for us, the industry to just not race, not happen, it has to be something pretty profound. Uh, so I think we were all really scared about what this meant uh, long term. And and to really appreciate that, you have to remove all that you know or we know about the virus now yeah. and go back to April or or March and, and realize that we knew nothing of what's to come. It was complete anxiety and uncertainty. And at that point, to, I just think to appreciate what NASCAR ultimately did and Steve Phelps yeah. did – you have to remember the uncertainty and the, and the anxiety of, that went along with it. I mean, we just seem to know, and we've, we've lived with this virus now at this point. So, like, we go into a lot of confidence. Then you didn't know if we were going to race again, yeah. uh, you know, for the rest of the year, right? Maybe even two years. Who knew what to expect? Who knew what to expect? It was, it, I, I, you, know, you really think about that. That was, like, the uncertainty. Are we going to go through layoffs? Are we going to even keep our jobs? What's going to happen? I mean, like race teams, we're we going to even be we're going to turn the lights out. What are we going to do? That's how much uncertainty there was at that time. That's what Steve Phelps had to you know navigate. Yeah, and O'Donnell and a bunch and of and O'Donnell yeah. for sure. It ain't. Um, I don't know, man. I'm just so thankful. I, I'm so sort of uh, taken aback. Really, is the best way to describe it for me. Is I am really taken aback and. I would have bet. I would have not been so confident that NASCAR could have pulled this off. And when when you remember the schedule was coming out and it was different, and they were having to move it and adjust it, and 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 you, we couldn't go to all the tracks. We, you know, a lot of the states weren't gonna mm-hmm. allow us to be able to race, and uh, they had to take certain tracks off the schedule. And really, I mean, I don't know how they did it. I do not know how they sat in a room and they had to have so many. In, you know, officials on the line and get commitments from different people and lock down something that was going to work. I don't know how they did it. 
that, well, the, they didn't even know it was going to work. I mean, when, remember when we had Phelps on our show and it was on Zoom? We were all at our homes. You know, F- Phelps comes off as a very confident and, and a, uh, you know, a, a good leader. But I will say there certainly was trepidation. There certainly was uncertainty with his voice. And, and, and that did come across to me when we had him on the show. You knew that this could go extremely well or terribly wrong, like terrible, terrible. And in the ter- when you think about the terrible situations, there were more of those than you felt like than there were of the extremely wells <laughs> at the time, right? Yeah. Um, so there you go. All right, we 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 want to we want to give NASCAR a lot of credit. The other thing you got to give a lot of credit to are the, you know, the the protocols put in place for the screening uh which we which i personally experienced and uh the individuals that were tasked to screen everyone um did an amazing job all year long and the industry the teams drivers um over the wall guys everybody that's got their when they go home they got their own life they got their own personal way of handling this situation some more casually than others, some stricter than others, whatever they believe to be true and right. Um, but everybody walked the line and everybody, you know, everybody came back to work for the most part. You know, we had a few cases in the industry, but nothing that was, nothing that shut us down or got in the way or brought this to a grinding halt. Mm-hmm. And so I think as you compliment NASCAR, you also have to compliment the industry, all the all the people that show up to to put the race on, and and the teams that are included in that, uh, we didn't have a group of people make a mistake, mm-hmm. and we didn't have a driver in the playoffs eliminated because of COVID. Right. I was just I, and honestly, uh, you know, I feel like that we are fortunate that we are wrapping our season because it seems like you know things are getting a little bit. Things are picking back up a little bit, and some of the other sports are having cases and so forth. Hey, listen, I was I was hit with that same overwhelming sense of gratitude, and it was when that race started. When the cup race on Sunday started, it was like, holy crap, we actually made it to, yeah. to the finish line. Like, we all we didn't miss any races. That that was impossible just a few months ago. And, and I was hit with that same thing. Um, I also was hit with the fact that if it wasn't for NASCAR, I'll be the one to say it. If if NASCAR were to come out and then had an outbreak right off the jump, we're not watching football right Nobody now. Else. We're not watching an NBA championship. We're not watching none of those others would have gone forward with their season. If, if NASCAR would have had an outbreak or you know a situation go south, and it was always possible that w- we would not have had the rest of the uh, sports. And also NASCAR would have gone backwards twenty years because those dumb rednecks went out there and did. <laughs> You know, did what everybody was telling them not to do, and and we would have had to deal with that whole brand again, that whole that whole branding. So you know, I, I was hit with all that as soon as that race started. Yeah. The Dale Jr. Download is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. You going to any concerts this summer, man? I am. I'm seeing a concert in June. Hardy and Kit Moore. Love Hardy in uh, Charlotte. I was so stressed getting tickets. I'm going to be front row. I'm I'm in the pit when these tickets go out, man. I am online as soon as tickets open i don't want to miss a thing yeah you you know you gotta act quick yes and when you want the best you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead 
It's like if you're hiring for a business, you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. Mm. So what's the best way to do that? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter finds qualified candidates fast, and right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Dale Jr. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology takes center stage to identify top talent for your roles. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's smart technology starts showing you qualified people for it. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash Dale Jr. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash Dale Jr. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. So um, a lot of things came out of this season. And there, there are things that um, would have never happened. And it blows my mind because, all, you know, as all these years I've, I've had these ideas that I think we should be doing this and we should be doing that, and you can't get anybody to, to listen to you, right? Trying to get this uh, sport to, to try anything new is really t- tough. Yeah. I say that, but, you know, we've we tried a lot of new stuff over the years, uh, but it's always been – you know, NASCAR's idea, double file restarts, stuff yeah. like that, right? Yeah. But, you know, more short tracks. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Can't get one, right? Um, you, I guess what I'm trying to say is that it took the pandemic for us to be forced into less practice, mm-hmm. uh, shorter race weekends. Yeah, one-day shows. One-day shows. Yeah. Um and it's been for you know for from what i could tell it's been a very positive thing i don't think anybody has missed practice i don't think anybody's missed qualifying it's overrated now now my uh my traditional sort of self hates it like oh we got to have practice and qualifying we've always had like these full weekends and that's just what it, that's just the way it goes that's just what we've always done but honestly it's uh it's been a big it's been a big money saver for the teams mm-hmm. and for years for decades the sports tried to find ways to cut costs mm-hmm. right isn't that funny just can't find a way no yeah <sighs> we, we're already at the bottom this is yeah. tight running as tight a ship as we can run that's it yeah yeah can't go any lower pandemic comes in and says watch this yeah right right <laughs> right hold my and, beer and now we're you know we've cut <laughs> we've cut a lot of costs. Uh, I think, you know, that it's good that it's uh, going to be something that we maintain going forward. There will be some races. I think there's seven race weekends where there's going to be a little practice. but uh, And I don't see that kind of growing as the years go by. It's just that we got so many new tracks on the schedule next year and some yeah. some, some things where practice is a necessity. But Let me give you one more silver lining sure. that the pandemic gave us. The pandemic gave us this – almost like this Ebenezer Scrooge experience where we were able to kind of go into the future or go into the past and look what it's like to race without fans, all right? Now, to be clear, empty grandstands can happen with or without a pandemic. You just do the wrong things as a sport and as an industry and go, you know, you're going to find yourself racing without any fans, you know, if you lose the popularity. We took NASCAR's boom in the 90s and early 2000s, we took it for granted for sure. So my point is, is that we got to experience, because of a pandemic, 
what it's like to race without fans. And you know what? It didn't look good, and it didn't feel good. And my hope is is that because of this, whenever we do come out of this pandemic, is that the drivers, especially since we got so many new young drivers, they have a new appreciation for what it means to have those grandstands full and have the support of the fan base. You know, because NASCAR prides itself on the accessibility to the drivers, right? This is what NASCAR sort of boasts. But I got to be honest, when I'd go to those NHRA events, no I was contest. like, they got us covered in yes, accessibility. Not even close. And when we, even IndyCar, you know, when, when we would have people go to the Indy 500 and cover, the, they're like, you know, these drivers, way more accessible to the media than, than some of the cups. We got into a rut. We started developing some bad habits because NASCAR was very successful. But then, you know, you got these young drivers in that think, hey, I made it to Cup. Where's my motorhome? Where's my jet? I've got all this earned. No, you know, you got to work every day for fans. You got to earn the support. And I hope that the, the, the feeling of having to race without an empty grandstands, now we, whenever we come out of this, you know, we were able to get, you know, 20,000, 30,000 fans in there. And, and, man, it felt so good just to have them there, right? Get back, get back to having full grandstands. I, I think that it was, it's a changed experience. So when I said Ebenezer Scrooge experience, I think hopefully as an industry, we've had a master reset in our thinking, maybe recalibration on our appreciation for the fan base, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. You know, the drivers having to get out of the car after a win right. to nobody right. is, a, is a rude awakening. And they um, – you know, they missed it. They, you would hear them talk about it. They're like, man, that's weird. I don't like it. I don't care if it's 10 people up there cheering. I prefer that. Mm-hmm. You know, just give me somebody that's happy about what just happened. Um, so I think, yeah, that's a good point, Mike. And NASCAR posted a tribute video to the fans yesterday that kind of told that whole story. And it was like the first race without fans. And I think it was Harvick that got out of the car. And he's like, this is weird and then yeah. you yeah. got a few people back and they get out of the car and you can hear just a little bit of cheering and it just made it such yeah. a huge difference yeah yeah so we're we're excited uh hopefully you know it's gonna be a, a a long time before daytona and a lot can happen but hopefully by the time we get back the next year things are continuing to improve and the opportunity for fans to to come to the racetrack uh is there and they feel comfortable enough to come, you know. Right. We can give them a great experience, a safe experience. So um, I'm, I, I was talking, I, I was thinking the other day, I was like, I, you know, I used to get done with the season and I couldn't wait for it to be done because I had all this, oh, man, finally, got some time to myself. Going to have a weekend off with my buddies. I'm going to get drunk. And uh, I'm going to do this and do that. And I got this and that. And I'm going to do it. And somebody would be like, 99 days to Daytona. Oh, and I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah. Don't start that now. Yeah. No. Right. Now let's wait till January to start counting. Right. <laughs> 98 days to Daytona. 97 days. I'm like, I don't know how many days it is. Whatever it is, yeah. though, your point's well made. It's like, crazy. you know, your last day of school, you're like, you know, 90 days till school starts yeah. back up. Like, who does that? Nobody. Yeah. Well, now I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't wait for the Daytona 500. You had me a little concerned. I didn't know what to make of your social media activity this weekend. I'm looking at one picture where you've got the hotel room and you have the song, you know, "Hello <laughs> Darkness, My Old Friend," and I'm like, "Did we just this check on sad. Homeboy over there? <laughs> like, well, so what's going sad. on with him?" And then, and then he's like, now he's feeling, uh, you know, remorse for the season being over. I'm like, who is that guy? Right? You know. But I got the second one. I was a little worried about you with the hotel room thing, but <laughs> my, uh, my buddy Tim Duggar. 
musician in Nashville, uh, when he takes a flight to a uh, commercial flight somewhere, he, ta- he takes a picture of the Nashville airport, the floor and the carpet. carpet. And it's, it's the same. It's Yeah. Yeah, so, that's funny. And he and it, with that song, yeah, because him he, he that walk to his hang to his terminal is a very depressing yeah. experience, I guess. Hey, I, I want to ask so you. I guys, was mocking. I was mimicking him. So if you remove the the obvious pandemic and all that, the NASCAR thing, give me a, a memorable moment from the season that, like, when you look back on twenty twenty. Um, I'm even going to say remove Chase Elliott from winning a championship because that, that's also obvious. Uh, what are other things, or maybe what is the other thing that you'll think about on 2020 that it represented, that it had something happen? To, and, and it feels like you got to go back five years because it feels like a five-year season all crammed into one because, you know, Newman getting hurt at Daytona feels like an eternity ago. Yeah, doesn't feel that's like That's what I was, was going to say. That was this year. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Newman's wreck and then getting out of the hospital, what, two days later? Right. That feels like it was a lifetime ago. Yes, Right. Sure does. That was one, I think for me, Bubba Wallace's Talladega weekend, or, mm-hmm. you know, the industry's Talladega weekend yep. sticks out to me. I, like, I, I will always remember this year. Um, and then you kind of hit on a couple other things uh, that, that are probably just smaller scale, but still, like, we had an incredible rookie class. Um, you had Cole Custer winning his first race. Uh, Tyler Reddick kind of established his footing. Um you know, I, I thought that there were some really kind of cool little moments within the year that 2020 did give us. Yeah. Yeah, we had a, um, fans write in Chase's middle finger. Um, oh yeah, Chase's yeah. middle finger. Chase's middle finger. That one stuck out to me. Um, and then that's when I knew he was going to be a champion. <laughs> <laughs> and then Graham Hill, uh, the iRacing tribute to the flagman when the on our first race back. Oh, Remember perfect. Barn? Yep. Mm-hmm. That was a good one. And then another iRacing one was just racing at North Wilkesboro. Yeah, forget about that. Like holy crap, right? The <laughs> pro series, that. like when we had the break. Yeah, I racing brings I racing the the drivers. Everybody collaborated on this great experience where we brought sort of esports and sim racing to the surface. Uh, and uh, my gosh, what a caught lightning in a bottle for mm. for I racing. So that was exciting. All this happened in the same year, <laughs> right? You even ran an IndyCar uh, race. I mean, who saw that coming? Yeah, just. Uh, uh, did y'all have any other moments, or is that is that? Uh... Um, Drew Owen said the Xfinity race in the pouring rain was the best race of the year. That Roval, I, yeah, yeah, the Roval, yeah. Um, John said I think it's a tie between Harrison Burt when winning Texas and Sheldon Creed in Phoenix. Two amazing finishes. Hey, okay, I, but that just reminded me of things I wanted to ask him as well. Like, do we do we want to even bring up the Xfinity Series in, sure. uh, race at the? I have it in Ash Jr. Okay. If you want to save it for... We'll save it. We'll save it. Yeah. That reminds me of Noah Wright Hook and Harrison at Kentucky. That was funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, it was hilarious. I was yeah. entertained. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I love Harrison, and uh, me and Jeff are great friends, but man, it's and when I see that, I think, gosh, if just a few inches this way, and, and it would have been such a great shot. Um, not that I want him to hit Harrison, but... When's the last time somebody landed a really, really clean shot on somebody? Right, it's been a while. <laughs> hey, new, put put that out there. On the, we asked that and asked Junior. We'll probably get a good yeah. answer because he kind of, he kind of, kind of just basically put him in a big old headlock. Yeah, <laughs> you know what it might have been? Not that there's any video of this, but it might have been. Uh, uh, Denny Hamlin and Bubba Wallace, which is a coincidence, is it not? Because what else did 2020 give us? 
Yeah. You know, uh, the yeah. uh, unlikely pairing of Bubba and Denny and Michael Jordan. Wow. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was the other little little <laughs> piece of uh, news this year. Yeah. Um, Lisa, the Hall of Fame announcement. Oh, oh yeah, you got, yeah, yeah. Oh, that, that yeah. was that. Hey, oh, Do you remember forgot. that? Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember that. Was that this year? That was. Come on to the Hall of Fame. Good grief. <laughs> that, thank you, Lisa. <laughs> Man. We, um, you know, I think, uh, obviously, Jimmy uh, retiring was a was a big deal. You know, we got to appreciate what everything he's done in this sport. I don't feel like that we really appreciated Jimmy as much as we should have while he was racing, while he was winning. He was part of the Hendrick crowd, uh, you know, the polished, tucked-in shirts, buttoned-up Star- collars. Starchy. Starchy. He did not get his due, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, but I, I wonder that. But what, what does one have to get to, I will to say get this. his due? Well, you know, like Senna. Ayrton Senna, he was a god. Like, people, like, like he was beyond human Oh, um, to people. Revered. People, people just worshipped Mm. This man, because of his talent, you know, he was, you know, they, he, they were, they, they worshipped him because he was, you know, beyond human when he was in the car and just done, just amazing things, right? Same thing with Schumacher, Dad and Petty. I mean, how did people feel about them too? Right, right. The King. They named Richard Petty the King. The king. Right. Like, the, uh, whoa, that's, that's not just, just a nickname you just toss around. Well, the nickname is maybe important in the legacy po- conversation because, you know, you had the king and you had the intimidator, but Jimmy never got strapped with a, a kick-ass name, yeah. did he? He didn't, get, uh, he didn't get his due. That's interesting. And, yeah. um, and I feel uh, not, not – I don't feel sad for Jimmy. I just feel, um, I guess, a little disappointed that, that we didn't – we didn't sort of enjoy that while it was here because I I feel like the further removed we will be from Jimmy's career, the more we're going to miss him and the more we're going to go, dang, man, that was uh, yeah. We didn't know what we had. Well, Chad Knauss made that point pretty clear last week when he was talking about Jimmy. We need a tenth, or Jimmy, we need two tenths, and he's never seen anything like it where he could go Find it. get it. He go get it. Nothing's changed on the car. He go get it. I mean, like who can do that? Yeah. Before Jimmy won five championships in a row, Kel Yarborough had won three titles in a row in the late 70s. Most everybody in the industry, regardless of the format, whether you were running under the original championship format or the new chase, uh, playoffs, elimination, all those things, nobody ever even considered to think that somebody might tie or break that three-in-a-row record by Kel Yarborough. Mm. Not only did Jimmy tie it, Jimmy would go on to win five championships in a row. And that just happened a decade ago. Imagine, can you imagine? Can you eat? What what do you give Chase Elliott in odds to go win five straight? Yeah, small. Small, yeah. That's what Jimmy did. It's amazing. I don't, it, it doesn't register. I know you guys. Or understanding it, but it doesn't register with people how um un how unreal that is. Well, yeah, it's 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 impossible to know the uh, the enormity of the mountain if you haven't climbed it yourself or you haven't experienced uh you know something like that. That's what it's so hard to relate to what that type of accomplishment yeah. even is. And the rules changed year to year on how to get to the title, how they added up the numbers, how you won the championship. 
Uh, Jimmy won it under multiple formats. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I think he could take even more pride in that. No matter how they stacked the pins at the end of the alley, he knocked them all down year after year and uh, did something that none of us – again, not only did he do the five in a row, but he tied Dad and Richard Petty to win seven. That that was another thing that everybody thought was completely safe. Right. No it, one was ever going to join Dad and Richard. They were those were two guys that were going to be on that mountain by themselves forever. Mm-hmm. And and Jimmy went and did it. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that he is squeaky clean. Not an ounce of controversy. Yeah. Not one mistake. Not one off-track incident. No arrests or DUIs or ignorance. Yeah. Not a no no not one piece of film or audio of him being disrespectful to uh, the media to a fan. There's nothing. He had the audacity to be a good person. Go think. <laughs> It's, it's, I mean, yeah, also almost an impossibility when you think of the today's oh. climate and, and, you know. And Jeff Burton or somebody was on the broadcast said, or I think it might have been with Tart, I don't know, but they're like, the same guy that I met the first time I ever met him when he came into this sport before he ever was driving an Xfinity Series is the same guy that I know today. He's the exact same guy. And if you can imagine how incredible that is, that – you t- take anybody, take pick anybody you want to pick that you know, set them down, and start pouring money into their pocket year after year after year. Start stacking all these awesome trophies around them, all the attention, uh, all the the access that 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 a celebrity or 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 a, or a professional athlete would have. Start giving that to them, and see it change that person. It. It, it will change that person. Absolutely, it will change. I mean, listen, listen it, it happens to the best of them. How did it not happen to Jimmy? I don't know. Yeah. he Again, he had the audacity to be a great person. I mean, uh, something about that. Yeah. And did you guys – I wonder if history will look back at this past weekend at Phoenix and, and look at it as the way we do sort of Atlanta 1992 – where there was the kind yeah, of the changing we of the guard. Oh, yeah. Ch- yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, only time will tell because, you know, again, we don't yeah. want to go pin pressure on Chase and How say – How about the um, – not to interrupt you, Mike. No, no, yeah, that was the point. But <laughs> how how eerie is it that it's so similar to, you know, Richard Petty? Um, obviously, Jeff Gordon won't win in his first championship, but it was his first race in the Cup Series and Richard Petty's last. In 1992 at Atlanta, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, I mean – the same what, the same base, the same major league baseball team and the same yep Lakers and the Dodgers. Lakers and the Dodgers won well, the title. Well, that was '88 actually. That was the correlation there. Yeah, the Dodgers yeah. and the uh, the Lakers won the title the same year that Bill won the cha- championship. Oh, is that oh, right? Wow, I, I didn't even realize that. There's some weird. Interesting. That is. The other thing too was the Xfinity Series, the Truck Series, and the Cup Series drivers all won the same race. So it might have been the Daytona Road Course race. So Shelton Creed. Oh yes, the Daytona right. Road Course winners also won the championship. Whoa, Cindric Creed. Chase. Creed. <laughs> By the way, Creed's. Oh, dude. Race just, at the end of that daggum thing on yeah. Friday night was ridiculous. I was screaming at the TV. When, yeah, I mean, look, I, yeah, 
Do y'all believe, like, I don't, I never used to believe in weird stuff like that, numerals and astrology or, yeah, or, or circum, I don't, I, I think there's just so much going on now, it's harder for me to chalk it up to just look or, you know. You think there's something circum. to it? I don't think know. think it's something in the universe line. Something in the, in the stars. Universe, something in the stars. So, yeah, I don't know. I never believed in any of that stuff, but. I'm starting to wonder, like, because there's a lot of anomalies and and just too many occurrences. Well, I put it this way: whether these crew chiefs and engineers believe it or not, if there was testing still allowed, they'd all be preparing their Daytona road course car now. Uh, (laughs) Put a lot more emphasis in that baby. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that was uh, that's something right there. I wonder: does anybody know what car Chase? Was that the same car that he's been winning all these races with? No, it said brand new. Him it, was, and it was brand new, huh? Penske Cars brought the same car. Chase and Denny both brought new cars on Sunday. Yeah, there you go. Wow. NASCAR history and heritage come alive at the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Celebrate my fellow inductees Donnie Allison, Jimmy Johnson, and Chad Knauss with their class of 2024 artifacts enshrined in the Hall of Honor. Don't miss the Ford Performance Showcase. It's a new inside NASCAR exhibit that showcases the Ford Mustang's next-gen car through its design and innovation. The latest edition of Glory Road explores over 75 years of racing history with its cool 33-degree banking and 19 cars on display. On Mondays and Fridays, there's guided tours that take you behind the scenes with incredible stories and access to a NASCAR Hall of Fame insider. Or you can explore the hall at your own pace with the new mobile hub. It's a digital experience. Get behind the wheel of a realistic iRacing simulator. Or you can learn how fast-paced pit stops work with the Pit Crew Challenge. From the legends who shaped the sport to the new heroes earning a spot in the record books, the NASCAR Hall of Fame delivers an unforgettable experience. Book your visit to the hall today at nascarhall.com. The champ is here, Chase Elliott. Unbelievable. He's going to join our show. I think this is his first media obligation this week. Let's get him on here. I'm a There he is. Doing. <laughs> Listen to him. I, he don't sound too good. No, he does, he's not running on a full set of cylinders here, boys. Look at him. I do not feel well. What's wrong? <laughs> what happened to you? I am hung over. Man, what did Chase Elliott drink last night? What's he still Man, drinking? I, well, this is water, buddy. We are... We we have we have transitioned to the good stuff. Um, What's your drink, Lord. man? I drank entirely too much beer last night. Yeah, for sure. Is that your drink, beer? Uh, I don't know. I feel like I kind of go in waves, but that's what it was what, last what was night. The, what was the brand? Uh, Michelob Ultra. Oh, Michelob Ultra. My buddies drink that. Man, yeah. I'm a big fan of that. But I feel like it was one of those days where it was going to last for a long time. So you ha- I feel like beer is the best way to stretch out that yeah that time period. What time so, did you start? Man, we probably started at five or so. Yeah. Who was uh, was anybody with you that I know? 
Man. Just your Yeah, buddy. I mean, well, actually, it, it started as, as everybody, the team, and now, and everybody was down here. Really? Uh, yeah. That's yeah, pretty they, cool. they came. They got to come down, and, and we did a little parade thing in town. I saw you uh, driving the car so, around. Yeah. So, so cool. Yeah, it was it was really neat. I mean, um, it was wild. I mean, the, the, I don't know. The, the photos of that are pretty cool. So, man, I'm going to tell you, when your dad was racing and winning, one of the coolest things about your father was the relationship that he has with his community and how the community supported him. Um, you know, a lot of drivers are from a hometown, and a lot of drivers we say, "Oh, he's the, he's the pride of this," or "He's he's 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 the son of this town." But your dad's support from that community man was the real deal. And now that's sort of transitioned, and, and it's similar for you. Your appreciation from for where you're from, we've talked about it on the show, and you've talked about it a lot. And I think they return that same appreciation. And when you win, it's like the whole town wins with you. Um, and you got to feel that yesterday, I suppose, when you're driving around and doing that parade and so forth. So how does that feel, man, to get that, that community yeah. behind you? Um, I mean, I don't – I really don't feel like you could ask for much more from, from my end. Honestly, it's something – and I, I've said it, and I said it last night. I, I'm not sure that there's another driver currently that – would have that to come home to. I just don't know that that that's out there for anybody else. So I'm, I'm grateful for that. And, um, you know, last night, you know, just, just kind of tells you about the community. I mean, obviously coming off an election and, and things and, and a lot of separation in the world. Right. But, you know, as I was driving through town, everybody was just excited for one thing. And, and that was really cool. Yeah. Speaking of that community, I don't know if you remember this, Chase, but, you know, Dale sort of crapped on it last time I you were here. I yeah, did not crap on it. Yeah, he did. Oh, Mike. And you know he what? Did. They don't forget <laughs> very easily. That's not true. Because on social no, media. No, that is true. We were catching, yeah. we were catching a little hard time this week. <laughs> Chase goes and wins him a championship. And Dawson, we, what? Dawsonville Pool, pool Hall yep. went right at us. When are you coming down? Uh, I totally want to come down there. That's <laughs> not coming warranted. at us. They invited us. Oh, they invited you down? That's what it sounded like. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I have a feeling that, you know, although some of them might have been mad at you, I think you could probably fix it if you really wanted to. I, to so. I totally want to fix it. If anybody's ever mad at me, that's like my first reaction is to try to fix it. We're just going to say we know you because now there's nothing you can do wrong in that town. We're, we're just going to be like, Chase said, oh. we, yeah. So yeah, I, don't, you know, I, I don't know. Don't use my name. They might lock you up quicker. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't believe that. So. This is what's interesting, and I'm impressed that you are here even on time because oh, this is the first media obligation he has for today, and it's a long day, Ooh. as you can imagine. This is what replaces New York. We're number one. Nice. I mean, there's a man at this table that the first interview of his long day, very rarely did we get to it on time, and here you are. <laughs> but what time did you wake up today? Is it? Are we talking minutes ago? Oh, you could almost dumb it down to seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it hadn't been long, brother. I can assure you that. Man. You, well, um, you kept uh, telling everybody, um, you you know, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Um, yeah. Has Have you had a moment or has it sunk in? Is it starting to feel real? Is this? Are you starting to understand this is your life? Yeah, I, I, think, um, I think I'm getting there. To this point, since Sunday happened, I have not had 
any time alone. Oh. <laughs> um, so I, I honestly feel like whenever I get a chance to sit down and, and by myself and really reflect on the weekend and look at some photos and things, I feel like that's when a lot of it's really, really going to hit me, but it's just been so wide open um, with one thing or another. And, and, you know, you know how it is those moments. I feel like you really think about a lot of stuff and I haven't got there yet. Yeah. You uh, were adamant to be able to um, give Alan a lot of credit and I know he's your yeah. crew chief and, and he does, he's an amazing crew chief, but you were, uh, you were so happy for him as happy as yeah. you were for yourself. You were as happy for him to be a champion too. talk about that. Yeah. I just think that's such a special thing. Um, and as a driver, you know, I'm not sure there's a higher honor um, for, you know, just an individual driver, a guy who sits behind the steering wheel, uh, than to be able to give a guy something that he deserves so very much and has yet to achieve with anybody else. And to kind of get across the finish line uh, with him, but for him, um, I, th- I just think is really cool. And, you know, I-, I think he's a very deserving guy and he's a kind of crew chief that, deserves to be done and have a championship and the fact that he can do that now is is an honor to be a part of i'm curious on what chase's opinion on the what we've been talking about today is you know we've been dissecting the fact that you guys peak you know at the right time you won three of the last five races and uh and also the fact that we watch these championship races every year in the top four that are going for it are running first through fourth and so like you know what is that and dale had a theory that that uh on why he thinks that is and that is that teams put their best stuff in at the end and or you know and Chad and was on our show last week talking about how they planned out kind of their strategy on that, what they were going to put in a car what is your answer to that why why did you guys peak so well towards the end of the season and and do you guys purposely apply things that you would not have done in the uh, regular season that, that you held specifically for the playoffs yeah, that's a great question. Um, I feel like if you have those kind of cards to hold, you do. Um, but that's not always the case. And and timing is really important, right? You might have a, you know, upgrades or, or things that, you know, you're that's new on your car that, you know, might not have gotten taken away from you yet. And, <laughs> that's right. you know, if, if, if you have those things, absolutely. Everybody's going to, going to use every bit of it. Um, for us, we, to be real honest, I feel like we just hit on some really fundamental items um, come the end of the season. I thought our engine started running really well uh, and, and a lot of really things that don't didn't necessarily have big numbers, um, but stacked together made a big difference. And um, yeah, I couldn't have asked for a better time to, to get better at, at the simple stuff. Talk about something uh, I noticed in your interview before the race. You said, or I, I won't, um, I won't be able to quote you, but your um, your attitude before the race was, and 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 there's two ways to go about this. Like I, I go about it the wrong way. When I when I get in a high pressure situation, I get miserable, and I think, uh, it's not. I, I don't. I don't enjoy it. I don't enjoy being in a high pressure situation. I try to do my best, but. Um, some athletes, and, and you seem to be in this mentally uh, uh, Sunday morning, some athletes go, what a great opportunity. Oh, man, I'm so glad I'm here. Mm. 
I don't know how they do it. But yeah. some dri- some drivers and baseball players, football players, when they get that opportunity and you hand them the ball on that play, they're like, yes, I've been waiting on this all my life. Right. You know? And they they got a big smile on their face. I'm like, I don't know how in the hell they do that. Because yeah. I'm like, oh, oh I'm gonna screw this up. <laughs> this is it. I wanted th- I wanted this, but now I'm here, and <laughs> right, this sucks. Um, so talk about that, like, because you do yeah. you have to do you gotta is that something just is that something just par- is that part of you that that's just the way you're gonna be every time, or do you have to talk yourself into that sort of mentality, build yourself up to that sort of mentality? Yeah, that's a super good question. I'm not really sure. Um, the best way to answer, I just feel like, you know, that, and, and I mentioned it after, you know, Martinsville, I thought those were kind of situations and, and situations and days where we had to perform. I didn't think we did a very good job of executing on those days. Um, so, you know, over the past couple of weeks, I've just, you know, my kind of message to myself and everybody has been just enjoy, you know, enjoy being here, enjoy, um, enjoy the moment, try to thrive in it because, and the reason was because I didn't think you could ever win a championship if you couldn't win in high spot, you know, high pressure spots. And because that's what the final four is, whether you're backed in a corner at the round of 16 or backed in the corner at the round of 12, um, that's the same as making it to the final four. You got to perform or, or go home. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I just know that each individual out there, regardless of what you do or what you play or race in, or, or whatever it is, the only person that knows how that individual ticks is them. Yeah. And you, you, you know, you just have to learn yourself and um, be able to think about the right things to get in that mentality. I feel like. So Chase is his own biggest critic. We can all agree on that. He's always hard on himself. Now from where we were sitting on this whole topic, from where we were sitting, it looked like you drove a perfect race. Did you drive a perfect race? And if if not, where how do you critique your championship race performance? First off, I'm sorry for drinking. I've got to get some water. Well, um, you don't have to apologize to us so for drinking. I, mean. I, I, I apologize for, uh, for <laughs> hydrating. But, um, you know, no, I think the quick answer is no. Um, and not just to say that, but, you know, I think about the closing laps of the race and we were, you know, coming to that last pit stop and felt like that I obviously didn't do a very good job of getting on and off pit road because Joey jumped us by a pretty good margin there. Um, I think we had a slot, you know, a very small lead and then he came out with probably that much or more on me, uh, flipped the other way. So that exchange wasn't good. Um, and our pit stop was really fast. So I look back at that and I'm like, well, dang, you know what, what I mess up because it wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't, wasn't perfect, but it worked out. Were you able to hit your marks and everything? Like, especially in the, as the laps went out, you were just putting so much distance between yourself and the rest of the field, though. Um, I, like, in the moment, it's easy to get caught up into the, into the magnitude and the, the, you know, the weight of the moment. And yet you just were dialing them up, man. I mean, just knocking them down, everything. So you just – did you compartmentalize? What did you do? Yeah, I mean, I, to be to be honest, I was just thinking about a caution and, and when that oh, was yeah. coming, and yeah. I was just so like, and, and and I think this is part of why I was in the you know disbelief there after the race was I I, I had 
I had sold myself that a caution was coming out. Like I could take a lie detector test and tell you that a caution <laughs> yeah. came out on Sunday. Like that's just how much I had convinced myself that that was how the race was going to end was with, with a caution and a short run. So when that didn't happen, I'm like, well, this doesn't seem real. You know, we, we're supposed to be under yellow right now, to, you know, going down pit road for our pit stop. So I was just, you know, zoned on that and, and was thinking about what, you know, I need to do on the next restart and which lane was the right lane and things like that. So, um, I know that you and your mom are super close. Uh, what's the relationship like with your dad? He, I, he's sort of, you know, quiet, doesn't really show his emotions, yeah. but we saw how, how happy he was at the end of the race. But what's, what's the conversation been like, I guess, with him, maybe the conversation is there, you know, the conversations we haven't seen since you've gotten that trophy. Yeah. You know, um, that's about as excited as I've ever seen him. Um, you know, I remember seeing pictures of, of him, you know, I don't necessarily remember, uh, but some of his last wins there in, in the early two thousands and the excitement on his face, you know, and I've only seen that or seen that in photos a couple times. And I got to see that in person on Sunday. And that was, that was really cool. He's, you know, um, like a lot of dads, you know, he's, I feel like he's typically pretty low key and, and doesn't um, get too terribly fired up about really much of anything. So that was, um, that, that was, it was neat to see that again. Has he celebrated with you since you've been home? Yes. He, he was hanging out last night, which that's not his scene. Right. Um, for, <laughs> for sure. So tell me he, that there's a picture he, of him doing body shots or Cindy doing a keg stand yeah. or something. I mean, this is the occasion now, to do that. Now you're, you're asking for way too much. <laughs> <laughs> but he was celebrating now, with you. Go ahead. He, he, he hung out. I think, I don't think he, uh, I still don't think he drank anything, but he was, he was hanging out. I wonder what he sounded like today though. I mean, he's like, probably we need, we need to do a voice at, chat. He's probably if he's anything like my dad, who's up at four, four o'clock in the morning right. working. Right. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, that's probably accurate. Yeah. yeah, probably accurate. So, what's the what's the rest of the week look like for you? Do you even know what your schedule is? Uh, you know, not really. Um, I, I, Morgan was texting me and and calling me up until about five minutes before we started <laughs> this thing because I wasn't awake. Um, so I haven't had a chance. I just got yep. a link to join the Dale Jr. download and happy to be here. Yeah, buddy. Well, man, have fun. Um, you know, obviously you're going to do a lot of media, but, uh, if I yeah. could just for a second tell you, you did something that I was never, never able to do. And that's uh, be the most popular driver and win the championship. Um, the last time that that's happened was in 1988 when your dad won the championship as the most popular driver and uh we take nothing taking nothing away from the other three guys that were trying to win that championship uh this was an incredible outcome for our sport um you know everybody really likes you you're one of the good guys uh you handle things the right way uh you do a great job representing our sport representing yourself in your interviews on tv uh, it will be a popular championship uh, for a long time. Uh, have fun with it. Everybody wants you to enjoy it, so take all the time you want. Uh, have a great off season, and uh, we look forward to seeing you soon. We will be celebrating you however they want to celebrate this championship this year, whatever that banquet looks like. Uh, we'll <laughs> yeah. be we'll be there, and uh, thanks for giving us some time this morning. No, I, I really appreciate it, and, and that means a lot. 
you know, th- th- those are nice words and, and I appreciate that. It's a, it is an honor and it's something that, um, yeah, I'm certainly not going to take for granted. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a dream, you know, I mean, what, what else could you ask for? So, um, yep. yeah, grateful and I appreciate it. All right, man. Well, Chase Elliott on the Dale Jr. Download. The champion. The champ. Picture this. It's blazing hot outside and you need to head to work. You get into your car and turn on the AC to get the cold air pumping as soon as possible, but it doesn't work. Instead, blowing hot air out of your vents and directly into your face. No, your car doesn't hate you. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the air conditioning system, and there's an easy all-in-one solution that will restore your cold air in no time. There's no need to go to the shop and pay lots of money when you can save time and money recharging yourself with AC Pro Recharge Kits. AC Pro Recharge Kits make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience. And the AC Pro app offers clear, vehicle-specific instructions to help you get the job done in less than 10 minutes. So pick up an AC Pro Recharge Kit at any store selling auto products and confidently restore your car's cold air yourself today. Be a pro with AC Pro. All right, it's uh, time for my favorite part of the show, Ask Junior, presented by Xfinity. Proud partner of NASCAR, and they're a proud partner of this podcast. And uh, I'm a customer. I'm a paying customer. Uh, I don't get my internet from Xfinity for free. Uh, But I do try it out, and I'm real happy with it. I've been a customer for not quite a year, but uh, it'll be a year here in a couple months. And uh, it's been solid. No outages. Not one time have I been down. So, uh, you know, for the folks like, you know, if you have like a ring camera or something like uh, that you need to be going all the time, you know, if, if you're a gamer or something and your internet goes out, it sucks, but you can, you can live. Uh, you're going to be fine. But if the ring goes out, you can't live. Well, if you're ring, you've got a ring camera. <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah. So, you know, you, that's like a 24-hour, 24-7 kind of for thing sure. that needs to be working right. all the time. So you need buy, you need that. I got to be honest with you. Anytime an internet would go out, it's an inconvenience. It is. So yes. I just want to know. I just want you to know that I've not had any allergies. Anyways. <laughs> and that's it for S. Junior. Thank yeah. you, Thanks, everybody. Yeah. Sonny, you'll love that. But um, <laughs> so it's, uh, it's time to hear your questions. You guys sent some questions into Xfinity Racing on Twitter and in the chat here. So let's get to it. Our first question coming from Eric. What, if anything, could Noah Gragson have done different in the final laps to help his teammate Justin Mm. Allgaier win the championship? I was surprised that they pitted for tires when Justin stayed out. You'd think they would teammates would stay out and be a buffer. Uh, It's funny interaction. So I'm in the booth with Jeff Burton. He's doing the TV show. He's over here in his suit and his tie. I'm, I'm a few feet away just like this wearing a headset listening to them and watching the race. Uh, next to Burton is the other booth through a piece of glass, Steve Letart, Rick Allen. Race is happening. This is all playing out in front of us. I want, you know, the teammates to stay out. Well, they come down pit road. I'm like, well, surely they're just taking two tires. So then come out in between Justin and the 22. No, they took four tires. They come out behind the 22. So now, you know, and, and as soon as that happened, Letart is hollering at me through the, through the glass. What are they doing? Mm. What are they doing? 
hey, you need to tell your guys. And I swear in that moment, I, I could have grabbed <laughs> Steve and shook him. Because, I mean, I'm, I'm living it. I'm right. frustrated. Right. He, you didn't need his I help. I didn't need him to be like <laughs> telling me what I needed to be doing. I'm like, Steve, we, talk, we had a talk after that. Oh man! Yeah, tell us like, about that. I was just like, man, it made me mad. Like, I don't. Yeah. In that moment, you don't need people over your shoulder going, "Yeah, I should have done." Yeah, plus X, he's, y, he's on the broadcast. The race is. isn't over. <laughs> yeah. So um, I was like, I'm mad at this, that, and you two. So, but but all that being said, Noah ended up being up there, and and yeah. I thought in the way at least a little bit. Well, right, he's trying to win the race. Almost did. Yeah. You know? Um, and I think Noah, too, Noah probably ain't thinking a bit about his teammate. He's not, he's, he's not thinking at all about Algar. Noah is trying to go win the race so he can get out of the car and rightfully say, if I had done X, Y, and Z differently in the, in the, in the playoffs, I would be the champion mm-hmm. right now. And whether anyone cares or not, that's affirmation for himself. Going into the next year, like, if I just clean it up a little bit, I got a real shot. I can do this, all right? And uh, and he needs some of that, right? He needs some of that affirmation and and, and uh, something to help him sort of put behind the mistakes, put the, put the, put the troubles of the playoffs in, his, in, in the rear view. Um, so I, I, don't, I don't even think he was thinking about Algar. I think he was like, I got a shot at this. Chan- you know, a win, a trophy. So, is there he, anything wrong with that? No. Yeah, that's what I was gonna yeah. say. No, no problem. I, I thought. Okay, so I thought Justin did a good restart. I thought he actually held on to the lead longer than I expected okay. after watching the truck race the other night and how that all worked out for Moffat staying out. I mean, that this was uh, just awful for him. Did not work out. But then that goes back to a question. So Jeff Burton said on the broadcast, and and I think Latard even agreed with him that no matter what happens on this restart. Burdett and Algar made the right decision by staying out. Do you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, they might have been able to come down and, and get two tires. But, but did you expect Cedric and all those guys? No, sure it is. But I'm saying, in, I'm going back to that moment uh, when when it happened. Burton and Latart Shocking said, for me to see Cedric come down pit road. Okay, yeah. I was sort of the same way. That took some guts. Yeah, right. Because I don't think you, could, take- you didn't think you were going to come back and restart on the second row. The gutsy call is that not only did they pit, but that when they see how many people come down pit road with them, that they didn't take two. Because ima- imagine, oh, if wow, I'm the yeah. crew chief, I'd have been like, it would have been hard enough to pit, but okay, now I'm the crew chief and I'm coming down pit road and I see all the other cars, I'd go like, oh my God, if, we, if, if a lot of those guys take two, two. And we take four. We'll be eighth or sixth. Oh my gosh. We got to take two. I'd have changed it. Mm. They took four. <laughs> they did. Still won it. I mean, he had the best car. Best car won the race. Um, and congratulations to him. Great year. Yeah, I mean, it's a great year. Goodness. Yeah. Can't fault him. All right. Our next question coming from Miller. Is it concerning that every Final Four race for the championship, it seems like the Final Four are the only ones in the top five of the whole race? I guess I would worry about people being new to the sport, feeling like it's rigged or scripted. So I tried to, you know, I, I tried to, wrap my brain around that oh um so the champion has won the champion 
has won the final race since 2014. 2014, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. The champions won the race. Before that, the champion that won the final race was in 2011, Tony Stewart. I believe 1998, Jeff Gordon. And, and 71, Richard Petty. Mm. That's something. Wow. So it happened three times. And then it's now, and, and to, up until 2014, it had happened three times and since 71. That's amazing. You got to bring it on that last race. Boy. Now it's happened every time in the last seven years, six or seven. So, and, not, and the other thing, too, okay, so that, that's, one, <laughs> that's one crazy stat. Uh, the other thing, too, is that each weekend, each final race, the four – the four guys that got to win are up they're in the top four all night. I wonder, like, I never once assumed that that was an, uh, an indictment a, on it, something being rigged, but I do wonder if it's an indictment on the other competitors of not racing them hard. No. So what it is, I think, is about something we talked about earlier in the show. It's the parts on the shelf. I got gotcha. you. All right, so the guy that's racing for the championship, he's got a championship race car. And the guy that's not from the same organization, he don't have all that stuff. Right. He don't have all the the bells and whistles. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it shows because you, you, you see a big difference in, you know, how the rest of their teammates perform outside of Penske, I think, or, you know, I don't know. It's, I think that be, absolutely knowing what I know about Hendrick and other organizations – when they dyno the engines, that car that's going for the title is getting that best motor. When they, you know, they're gonna they're gonna comb the shop for the best chassis, all the best parts, the newest of everything, the less mileage and brand, you know, everything that the best of the best that they can provide is going on that car. And so, um, I guess it shouldn't surprise us that those. Four cars run better than anyone else. Mm, but then it makes you think, well, why don't they just do that every single weekend? I don't know what the answer to that is because maybe they don't want to put all of their best stuff or maybe it's impossible for them monetarily or physically to give that much each week. Um, to put that much into each car each week would just be uh, un- unrealistic to, to do financially. Um. So that would certainly be the case if other teams within the organization are also having to give up some of their, you know, their stuff. I mean, like you could see why that wouldn't be the case yeah. during the course of the season or even the playoffs. But once everyone's eliminated and you have one, team, uh, Penske yeah. would be the exception because they had two teams. But like at Hendrick, I wonder if like the '88 uh, and the uh, if the, if there was kind of a combination of stuff where you're pulling. Everything in the building. If it's yeah. if it's good in the building, it's the best in the building. No matter if it's on another thing, you got to give it up. I wonder. Yeah. So I, it blows my mind. I don't really. Kn- I wish I knew exactly why it is the way it is. Like the champions winning these races at the end of the year. They, I mean, I, there's a lot of good reasons, but what's what are the? I don't know. And the fact that they all run in the top four, it's impressive. 
I, it doesn't spook me. It doesn't like make me feel like something shady's weirds happening. I just feel like that it it. So when we call it we call it getting another gear or somebody has another gear, basically you just assume all the drivers out there and the teams they have four gears, right? And it's a metaphor. And when somebody does something really outstanding, well, he, he found another gear. He dug in there and got and and, and dug deeper and, and found more speed. Jack and I said it last week. He could ta- he could ask Jimmy to find a tenth, and Jimmy would find it every single time he asked him to get more. When Jimmy thought he was doing it all, he could find more. And I feel like that part of it is these teams buckle down and they try to do more, and they find and it and results in more. Mm-hmm. It results in them finding that they're even better than they thought they were and they were there you know they get another gear they get they they dig in deep and get results our next question coming from tyler gibbs with chase and jimmy running the rolex 24 what's the most difficult part of that race the the hardest part i think is just trying to trying to rest um trying to sleep and not it, you know, you go, you say you got to run, you got to run your, your stint and then you're not going to get in the car for four or six hours. Um, going to, uh, you know, going to somewhere quiet where you can sleep for a little bit is impossible. You know, you're wired, you get out of the car, you got a, you got a crazy adrenaline rush running through your whole body. Um, and if you ever race a race in the Cup Series or run, run any kind of race on a Saturday night short track, you know when you get done, you can't go home and go right to sleep. Uh, you got to let that adrenaline kind of fade out before you can shut down. And so uh, I think that's the hardest part. You get out of the car and you're, they're like, "Hey, go take a nap," and you're like, "Are you kidding me? I can't. <laughs> I can't even think about sleeping right now." And then what happens is you get when you get you you might be able to get through the night. You know, with without sleeping, but once you get to like four, five, six in the morning, and you got to race to twelve noon or or two o'clock in the afternoon, it starts to hit you. You're like, yeah. "Now I got a stint coming up, and I'm I'm freaking tired, sleepy," you know. And then you go race and drive your stint, and maybe you're not as sharp as you should be. Um, and and then you get out of the car and you're, you know, you're super tired, but you just, you're so, you just can't sleep. You, you know, everybody's been that way before where they're just dead tired, but they can't, their body won't let them shut down. Their mind won't stop racing. Um, that's the hardest part. Kevin Thomas asks, what do you think is the most important job on a NASCAR team that doesn't get the public attention it deserves? Hmm. That's a good question. That is a good question. I know. Um, you think you have an answer? Without a doubt. Go ahead, Mike. Transporter driver. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Elaborate. Uh, the transporter driver, I mean, you think about pressure. You could have the best crew chief. You could have Chad Gnaus in your pit box and Jimmy Johnson in your car, but if that equipment doesn't get to the racetrack, they ain't racing. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And there's no, there's really n- no room for error. You think about all the miles they put in, and you talk about s- lack and sleep. How about the transporter drivers that work all day at the racetrack? Oh yeah, all day from from the garage open, probably cooking, probably yeah. doing running pit box, running stuff back and forth, then having to drive. I know that sometimes they run with backup drivers, but still, that's that right there is a job that I, I 
it takes special people to be able to do it and do it well. Because, I mean, you could get anybody in the truck. They're going to wad your stuff up on Highway 77. Then a lot of good that did. But uh, I think, you know, that's, just, that, that's, that's what sticks out to me. Yeah, I can't top that one. That's a good one, Mike. All right, guys. That's all we got for today. We got a few more uh, shows before we wrap up the year. And uh, me and Mike are even talking about doing a few more things throughout the uh, off season to keep you guys uh, happy with content and show you what's going on uh, while we prepare for the next year. We got a good one next week. We don't need to tell them who it is, but next week we got a good one. <laughs> yeah, we got one. We got a guest next week that I am super excited about. Big time, top ten guest. Yes, and uh, it's probably going to be two parts. Uh, so we'll have uh, two two shows out of that one guest and. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be a popular show for sure. So we're excited to continue our uh, our, our season, even though the NASCAR season is over. We're not done here at uh, the Dale Jr. Download. We'll see you guys uh, next time, and have a great week. I think most who listen to the show will agree this segment is just not long enough. It goes by too fast, Mike. Just like Xfinity Internet, it's that fast. Yeah, Xfinity X5. That keeps me connected with great speed. I'm a customer, so I know all about it. There's no better way to step to speed with NASCAR and Dirty Mo Media than Xfinity X5. And you got another way. There is all that at Xfinity Racing on Twitter. Remember, Dale's here every week. He's answering your questions live on YouTube, like Dale said a a little while ago. But, Dale, we're going to have a couple other podcasts this year, so keep the questions coming at Xfinity Racing on Twitter. Hashtag is AskJunior, and you get a chance to hear from Dale himself. All right. A big thanks to Xfinity for being a premier partner of NASCAR. Last call. All right, everybody. Last call. That was a great show. Chase was awesome. Yeah. Um, I think we, man, we, I got to ask him some great questions there that I was really curious about. He answered the questions, even though he's tired and really wants to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. But boy, so thank you. He, he, his day is just getting. Our started. Ask Junior was great. A uh, good open segment from you, Mike. No, you Just Dale. a solid show all the way around, and we got more shows coming. So next week, big guests. Real excited about it. Stay tuned. Lost Speedways. We've seen a lot recently on social uh, reactions. Oh, yeah. Because they, well, they've been airing on NBC Sports Network. And the best one, the best reaction that I've seen was from Kenny Wallace, <laughs> who said that he and Schrader were watching the Asheville episode and they started cracking up at uh, Roy Lee Jones's flying tackle. Yep. Oh, yeah? Yep. Yeah, Jack Ingram. They, they, you just see Schrader and Kenny Wallace sitting there In watching the In a motorhome at a dirt race while they were waiting for it to be run. That's they like were the watching Lost Speedways. Ultimate racing moment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, episodes did air on NBCSN over the weekend around the race coverage. I expect that, um, you know, those are kind of evergreen, so you might be seeing them more often. Uh, on the NBC platforms. Also, if you haven't seen Lost Speedways and you, you don't want to wait around for it to pop up on your television, you can go to Peacock TV, sign up, and watch all the episodes of the first season of Lost Speedways there at Peacock TV. The Dale Jr. Download is on NBCSN Wednesday at 5 p.m. this week. Um, the podcast, obviously, you're listening to it now, but the... Um, the download will air, and I think this might be, might not be, not sure, 
about whether this is the final TV version. Can't get them to commit to anything, those guys. I think they're going to come TV around. TV people, those old P- TV people I have a feeling. to reconsider. I have a feeling they're going to come around. They're definitely going to want this next guest. Mm-mm-mm. Door bumper clear. Um, they're begging us to promote their show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, season finale episode is out now. TJ, obviously talking about racing for a championship with Joey Logano. Brett talking about his final race with Clint. And Freddie reveals that uh, he's going to be spotting somewhere else next year or yeah. somewhere new maybe. I don't know. Yeah, maybe a new team. Maybe uh, one with a former basketball player. Great. Please. I haven't heard of him. Please pacify these three gentlemen and listen to their podcast. Uh, give them some purpose. We took a beating in the opening of this podcast this week. Door bumper clear. Did really? you know that? Yeah. The our, our fun little producers, Matthew Dillner and Jason Schultz, cut this, this open of us talking about how pampered they are, and then they played it for them, and then they fired shots back at us. Can oh. you imagine? TJ Major. They, and we don't. We don't have any. Uh, uh, we don't have anything to listen to, so we can kind of keep it going. I could if you want me to bring it up right now. I mean, listen, TJ took some shots at him, said, you know, he, he t- did, yeah. t- t- talking about how he lives the pampered life, not yeah. not them. We let a comment yet? <laughs> <laughs> Literally, Dillner walks around in fields looking at <laughs> rabbit trails. <laughs> Literally. And second of all, the guy in the beginning, I passed in the hallway of the hotel Saturday night. And said he was bored to death, going to go sit in his room. <laughs> so, bad timing for that there. He doesn't sign any of my checks anymore. That's Usually the first just race he's been to, right? Nah. No. They went to, to the last few. couple. Yeah, oh my god! But gosh, he didn't stay. So he went home. He flew in on his private jet. <laughs> and he flew out before the race, too. He and we're here. pampered. Yes. He was coming home. He left the Texas race to come home to record the podcast. <laughs> Wish we could have done that. Yeah, they probably could have taken us, right? Yeah, he talked about yeah. pampered. He totally could have brought us. Talk about pampered. Jeez, uh, Mike Davis, how pampered is he? I don't think he comes out of his office anymore, except for that that show and lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Just lives there. It, I mean, you never see him anymore. He used to be all over the place all the time. How many times has he stopped in here this year for the show? I haven't Who seen. Him. I haven't seen him this year. Who are we talking about? Davis. Exactly. Davis. Yeah, exactly. Who's that? Exactly. <laughs> Who's that? Yeah, Mike, Mike, he used to work here. I don't know if he still does anymore. I, I mean, I go to the data room all the time when you see him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, hey, I'm uh, the pampered 22 spotter. <laughs> TJ got his feelings hurt. Like, oh, my gosh, the guilty conscience that comes out with this guy. Man. Well, let's, uh, let's throw him a bone. Watch, you know, listen to their show. Oh, yeah. If you want to hear them about things, yeah. sure. If you, want, if you want to. Complain. If you love complaining. Yeah. Right. Some people do. That's, if you love entitlement, show. complaining. That's what you need to listen to. Yeah. Yep. That's your show. <laughs> Leah, do you have any gifts for Dale? I do. We have what? we have oh. a gift for you. What? Thank you. Look at this. Ah, <laughs> non-shredded. Well... Or it's knows. the the Jack What's Link's, in the box? Jack Leaks people sent they they sent their thanks saying hey you know uh, we caught the podcast and you know all the do we get a knife anybody so they they just so everybody at home knows it uh, so Jack Link sent a gift package I put it on Twitter the other day I said should I tell him or should I just Leah, keep it what is this 
So, yeah, what I was saying is that Jack Link said thank you for all the stuff, and we'll send you a gift box. I don't know that it's shredded uh, or chewed. God, they take this Pre- thing up. Like I, don't, I don't know that it's pre-chewed the way ways. Dale likes it. but uh, it's, If it's sawdust or not. And, again, I, we get this question a lot. They're like, well, Jack Link's is obviously ad-buying on your show. They're not. Free pub. Guys, thanks for supporting our brand. Enjoy <laughs> and feed your wild side. Oh, oh that must be the tagline. That there. is. Yeah. Dude, there's everything in here. Well, let's see. Oh. Well, turn it around. Yeah, so turn we... the box around towards oh, the camera. No. God almighty. <laughs> He's, like, <laughs> He's like, this is all mine. <laughs> I mean, yeah. All right. Oh my goodness! Look at all that. L- look at Whoa. all the, the beef sticks. I like the beef sticks. Look at it. Whoa! That thing is packed. Now full. listen, it, 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 if you don't mind me saying, that's the way beef jerky ought to be, yes. right there. It ain't. It, it, Absolutely. The shredded thing, you know, it's that's beef jerky. Yep. Don't go mess up a good thing. No, no, no. That, what is it? Oh, I don't even know what that is. What is pack. this? A little cheese, a little jerky. Oh. A little pretzel stick. I want to tell you something. When I put that video on my Twitter feed and I said, hey, look what just arrived. Should I tell him? That video got like 40,000 views and, and, and got more engagement. People were all about that thing. And it also yeah. and it also got yeah. a response from Amy that said, please and, don't. And Amy said, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, don't bring that on. <laughs> You're feeling it, aren't you? Yeah. You're just in the moment. This I'm is Christmas morning for you. The majority of this for you guys. Hey, Jack Links, from this point forward, you pay for whatever we give you on this show. All right? That's that's the deal. <laughs> yeah, all right? This is it. This Jack is it. Links. Yeah. You, you got to pay for whatever publicity we give you. He's, he, remember going he, through a stack. Yeah. He's like, y'all, I'm going to leave most of this here. We'll see where he ends up coming at, uh, you know, what he's going to take with it. Extra hot. Ooh. Good for you. Just can get up and walk away now. Hey, he, he's yeah. done. He gone. <laughs> <laughs> all right. They gone. <laughs> that's Hear good. that? Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh yeah! Oh, oh, yes! That was a great moment. Hey, Brad, what'd you do? With, what'd you do with them Reese cups? Uh, they gone now. Dale Jr. in his Mike Watkins used to be his bus driver, and uh, he uh, had left a sleeve of Reese cups in the refrigerator. As Mike would do, he would leave some food. Dale Jr. was a bachelor; he didn't, you know, whatever. It was a lot of Reese cups. Like they 12, left him. In fact, two grown men had split this bag in the sleeve of them. There was like 12 of them. <laughs> Mike goes in to get some of his Reese cups one morning at whatever track we were at, and he goes, hey, Brad. Brad Burroughs, his backup driver, did you take them Reese cups? No. Well, they gone. And everybody <laughs> looked over at the couch, and it's like Dale Jr.'s like, hey. <laughs> yeah. We know where you those things went. You really shouldn't leave Reese cups unattended. No. That's, that's I mean, not, you, that's yeah, not smart. Yeah, you got what's coming yeah, for you. That's right. All right. Y'all good? Say goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. We'll see you next week. This bit of badassery was badassery. It was made by badassery. Dirty Mo Media. Dirty Mo.